Previously on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. The Texans look like they did a really good job. I just feel like nobody should just doubt the sweat. HBCU's period. Coach Caesar, my defense coordinator, definitely a guy that can call any day. Man, why are you messing with me? I don't mind going back to Houston. That's where the men's club is. I'm going to be fine. We have to thank Dr. Charles McClellan a lot for his vision in all of this. In some ways, what they're doing in the commissioner's office is they're rebranding swag. They have six players hitting under 200 right now. I would never question Dusty Baker at all because you see the results of Dusty Baker's managing the last couple of years. You get to the World Series, you're in the Cadillac or you're in the Volkswagen, you, you still get there. <laughs> you got another line stepper. On a team full of line steppers, you've added another line stepper. We believe in change and we're prepared for it with new techniques and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. <laughs> Let it go out there today, baby. Three, two, one. And once again, our mighty ship is back on course. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Mama, there goes that man. You roll. Ladies and gentlemen, start of our show. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. So glad that you have joined us for another edition. And a big shout out to all of you who have tuned in for the very first time. We hope to become a part of your podcast menu. Also, a big shout out to all the folks who listen to each and every episode, who comment, who call the sports line, who make suggestions, who vote on poll questions, all of you guys. And finally, shout out to Dave Chappelle's security team. I don't know if you caught that, but boy, he has a security team. But with that in mind, let's get started. Let's get this thing going. A lot to get into. Our special teams unit guy, Reggie Brown, will join us in just a little bit. We also have a sports E segment with Life on Lock. And we also have DJ Anarchy in the building. And we have a We the People segment. So we have a lot coming up for you. But I also want to tell you how you can be connected, more connected to the podcast. And it's really, really easy. You can call our sports line. We have a 24-hour-a-day sports line where you can call and leave a message with your question, your comment, anything you want to say, suggestions, requests. You can do that at 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614. In addition to that, I really want you guys to join the Facebook group page, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook and like the fan page. We do post poll questions. People post things every single day. There's a, a lot of opportunity to have a dialogue and get to know some of the other people who listen to the show as we build this community around this podcast. So that's going on. And also on Twitter at Wade's Word, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. No website right now, but it'll be back at some point. I'm going to stay committed to that Maybe early in the summer. We have to revamp the whole thing. So that's happening. So with that, before we get into headlines, I want to tell you guys what I want to start doing, and you can give me your feedback on that. I want to start coming to you guys with briefcasts again. Previously, we did it, and the briefcasts were a little probably longer than what I'll do moving forward. But I want to come to you guys maybe on one topic or another topic 
really, really quickly, something you can look forward to every day, every other day, maybe a couple minutes, maybe five, ten minutes, maybe not that long, maybe a minute. But it's a way that I can comment and get some information or, or sort of get my thoughts out there to stimulate conversation in between the more expanded podcast where we bring a lot of guests on board. So Tell me what you think about that, and I want you to get accustomed to checking back throughout the week to see if those briefcasts are up and uh, get an opportunity to hear a comment from me between shows. Okay, so look for those briefcasts. Those are coming up. Same way you get the podcast, they'll appear as briefcasts. So look for those. So with that said, let's get into some headlines. Before I mention the headlines, I did forget to tell you there is a Lamont Award coming up, so definitely want to stay on board to the very end of the show. After we have our conversation with Reggie Brown, we will have a Lamont Award. But in headlines, let's start with the NBA playoffs. They are ramping up. Now, tonight, Miami plays Philadelphia in game two. James Harden looks to be diminished. Embiid is out for at least one more game. And that series, no. If they go down 0-2 to Miami, and again, they're in Miami, I don't know that they come back from that. It may be a short series, especially the way Harden is looking. He just doesn't look like the superstar we have become accustomed to over the length of his career. So we'll have to watch that one. But the other series also, let me mention the other series tonight is Dallas at Phoenix. Phoenix is rolling. And they, everyone thinks it's going to be a short series. I tend to agree. I don't know. I think I mean, Phoenix is going to be – I told you, I picked them to go to the NBA Finals. I'm hoping that Golden State can show me a little bit more, but with the injury to Gary Payton III, I don't know. It, it, I mean, that's just one added dimension. But you seem like it seems like – and let me get to that series. Memphis-Golden State tied at one. John Morant was amazing. He looks like the future of the NBA. He's the real deal. And he took over last night. But before all of that happened, early in that game, there was a bad foul by Dylan Brooks. He was ejected, flagrant two, but it broke the arm of the elbow of Gary Payton III. He was out. Draymond caught an elbow. He was out with stitches for a quarter. And then he returned. And uh, that game went back and forth. And it looked like Golden State was going to go up 2-0 on the road in Memphis. But here comes Ja Morant just exploding, doing everything you would want him to do. And he's just such an exciting player to watch. And he's the future. Now, whether he gets it done in this series, which I don't think he will, he's staked his claim to uh, being uh, the guy with a target on his back. He's, he's the dude. He's the guy. Uh, as uh, I mean, as it pertains to the young, young guys that are in this league. I mean, what is this, his second, third year? I mean, really young and uh, already – he is a guy that's flamboyant, that's energetic, that's fun to watch, that's fun to watch off the court, before games, after games. He's just a, he's a guy that is going to be around for a while. But I think Golden State is a really is too smart of a team because Memphis they still do a lot of things that aren't smart, including the flagrant two by Dylan Brooks. Now, as opposed to Draymond Green, who shouldn't have been ejected. Brooks should have been ejected, and he probably should be suspended for a game or two because he he did not have a play on the ball. And he just he wound up and he swung at him, hit him at the top of the head. I'm sure he didn't want, want him to break his elbow. He didn't want that. But nonetheless, it happened. That series goes to San Francisco, 
and it's tied at one. I'm telling you, man, I'm feeling Golden State. Can you imagine, and we may see this sooner rather than later, but again, Memphis will have something to say about it, but can you imagine Golden State, Phoenix? That's going to be a fun series if they can get there. Clay wasn't sharp last night, but you think about this. They have, not only do they have a guy like Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, who wasn't sharp last night, Andrew Wiggins played nice last night. Jordan Poole is a guy that plays nice. They're not a very big team on the interior, but they have enough offensive firepower on any given night to beat anybody. So we'll have to follow that series. So the other series that happened last night, Milwaukee, Boston tied at one. That's going to be a six, seven game series. So that one's just getting started. So we have time to talk about that one. The other big thing in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins suspended six games for PEDs. Yikes. So that Hollywood Brown. So here's the question. Did Arizona know that this was coming down the pike? Did they know that? Or did they realize that that was happening when they made the trade for Marquise Brown, for Hollywood Brown? Did they know that? Because, again, that's, that trade now looks really, really good if you're the Arizona Cardinals. He can hold it down for six games, and then Hopkins comes back for the last 11 games. Remember, 17-game season, so remember that. Uh, Hopkins, I don't know. Maybe he was trying to recover from injury. He didn't strike me as a guy that would cheat or use performance-enhancing drugs, but apparently he violated. He's dropping his appeal. He'll sit out the six, and we'll see what happens. And he already missed four games at the end of the regular season, and he missed the playoff game. So, yeah, he missed some games at the end last year, and now he's going to miss some games going into next season. That's not going to help Kyler Murray at all. But, again, they have enough offensive guys. They have Ertz at tight end and – uh, Rondell Moore and, and A.J. Green and now Hollywood Brown. So they'll be okay. They'll be okay. They lost Christian Kirk and they'll lose Hopkins for six games. In Major League Baseball, got to talk about those Astros. Big, big situation where the Astros get the 2,000th career win for the manager, Dusty Baker. 2,000 wins for Dusty Baker as a manager, and he is only the 12th manager. Think about 150 years of baseball. He's the 12th manager to ever get to 2,000 wins. That should make sure he has a spot in Cooperstown in the Hall of Fame. But, boy, an exciting thing to see the first African-American manager get the job done. And it couldn't happen to a better guy. I mean, he just he's the real deal. He's a gen- I don't think you can fake it that long if you're not a good guy for real and you don't ever hear not one player say anything bad about dusty baker he's just that kind of guy he's genuine he loves his guys his guys love him and boy i tell you the astros three games sweep of the mariners so they're turning this thing around big series also in the american league and i'm telling you if you're not on baseball, you should get on baseball now because that American League is intense. You had a three-game series between the New York Yankees, who have won 11 in a, uh, in a row, 11 straight, and Reggie Brown the, from the special teams unit. He mentioned that last time out. 
and I'll ask him about that in just a little bit. But, yeah, 11 in a row for the Yankees. And they you look to close out Toronto a little bit later on today or this evening. So that's happening. So a lot of other things going on, but those are the things that I sort of picked out to talk about. Now, I also asked you guys some questions in a segment that we call We the People. Time for We the People. In the We the People segment, we listen to you guys, whether it's through the sports line where you guys can call and leave messages and takes or poll questions on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group page on Facebook. And that's what we did this time out. We talked about the Texans NFL draft. Now, let's be fair about this. We won't know for a couple of years, maybe three, four years, what this draft really grades out as. So we won't know for a while. But it's fun to think about it now because drafts, in addition to adding personnel, it stirs up excitement for your team. And because I'm based in Houston and Houston-centric, we will talk about the Texans from time to time or Houston teams. Obviously, the Astros. You, I don't care where I live. got to talk about the Astros because they just require that kind of attention. But the Texans, of course, you know, we haven't talked a lot about them, whether on the podcast or on the local show, because – there hasn't been much to talk about other than the Sean Watson debacle, and we kind of got exhausted talking about that. But the draft is giving room for optimism, excitement. And I asked you guys, what grade would you give them, A, B, C, D, or F? Well, 33% of you said they are graded as B. They, they, they get a B on their draft exam, and 33% of you said they got a C on the draft. Now, 34% of you sort of split between those of you who thought they had an A draft and a D draft. Nobody failed them. Everybody feels pretty good about the team. I think, again, how can you miss on a draft where you had so many picks and then you also had so many needs? And so you can feel good about it. I think what's interesting is the philosophy. A lot of SEC guys, that makes everybody feel good. And also, again, local guys, that makes you feel good. Well, guys, I think three guys either played in or around the Houston area. So that is exciting in itself. So, you know, all these communities in the greater Houston area can kind of come together and root for the home team legitimately. So that's a thing. The other poll question I asked you guys was about some swag stuff. So if you're not familiar with the swag, and of course we talk more and more swag, and I think a lot of people are starting to come aboard and have a little bit more interest in HBCUs and the Southwestern Athletic Conference where Texas Southern is in that conference, per review, Alabama State, Alcorn, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Florida a and I mean, I can run down all the, the schools. But basically, the most prestigious school, the sort of the flag bearer, the flagship program of the SWAC has been Grambling State. Now, of course, you're talking about the great Eddie Robinson, one of the greatest football coaches ever, ever, and on any level to do it. And he displayed a, a level of excellence and required that from his young men, sending guys to the Hall of Fame, sending guys to the pros, the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl, Doug Williams. I mean, you cannot talk about college football, and you certainly cannot talk about black college football without talking about Grambling State and Eddie Robinson. It's just You just can't do it. You can go all around the Hall of Fame in Canton and see Eddie Robinson's imprint 
through the players that he put into the NFL. So that program has been down lately, and they've been through a lot. Even this offseason has been a bit tumultuous. It's Jackson State getting all the love. Jackson State won the conference, ran through the conference, did work. They're getting all the attention. They get all the television coverage. They get a lot of – I mean, all of the excitement right now is surrounding Deion Sanders and the Jackson State program. So my question was, and you guys gave me some some good answers, I asked you guys, has Jackson State surpassed Grambling State as the most prestigious school in the SWAC? Are they now the flagship program of the conference? And 66% of you guys said no. And 34% of you said, yeah, uh, it's a new day, new way. And Deion Sanders and company, that is the program in the swag. Now, I'm not denying. Obviously, they are setting a new standard for the rest of the conference to catch up with in a lot of different areas. When you're talking about promoting your program, expectations on what kind of players you can receive, what what's, what kind of players you can go after. Now, a lot of other things went with that. I mean, you talk about the Black Lives Matter movement coincided with Dion, and Dion being a one of the most famous personalities in American sports, regardless of the sport. I think it's him and Barkley and Shaq. When you talk about guys that have a media presence, I mean, he is a a master salesman, whether it's Aflac Insurance, (laughs) and I'm plugging them, whether it's Aflac Insurance or if it's Jackson State football. You just cannot get around the fact that this guy can sell, and he's done a lot for the program. He's done a lot for the conference. Uh, But I agree with the 66%. I think you still look at Grambling State and the history and the foundation they laid down for many, many, many years. I mean, from the Bayou Classic to uh, the Grambling State Band playing at the first Super Bowl to all of the ways they marketed that program and put that school and uh, subsequently uh, that conference on the map, Jackson State is the, I mean, look, first of all, Jackson State has a rich, rich history on their own. You're talking about, what, the four Hall of Famers? Lim Barney, Jackie Slater, Walter Payton, Robert Brazil. I mean, nothing to sneeze at. And I've been to Veterans Memorial on a couple of occasions, and, and on one in particular where you had 50-plus thousand in the stands. So there's nothing to sneeze at. But I don't think that they've replaced Grambling State as the signature school in the conference yet. But you can give me your take on that, 832-941-6614, 832-941-6614. When we come back, we will have a segment that we call Sports E with Life on Lock, that Reggie Brown, a Lamont Award, and a whole lot more. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anywhere you get your podcast. Your children are the most precious gift God has given you. Their well-being is of the utmost importance, and finding childcare that exhibits the same belief is, well, non-negotiable. So why not end your search at Brighter Brains Learning Center? Located in Stafford, Texas, Brighter Brains is a licensed, family-owned and operated daycare that promotes an early educational foundation and provides an environment of love, safety, and quality care for children ages six weeks to five years old. For more information, call 346-328-3717 or visit brighterbrainslearningcenter.org. It's Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. 
clarify for those of you who don't know of course you know eddie robinson has been on our podcast for many many years our eddie i call him our eddie robinson you've heard him for years on this podcast who just got the alabama state job but previously when i talk about the legacy of grambling state i'm talking about the late legendary eddie robinson who had a long illustrious career one of the greatest interviews i will ever have in my life my very first big interview was with eddie robinson of grambling state so not to talk I'm not talking about our guy, our Eddie at Alabama State, who's about to embark on what I think will be a great coaching career himself. I think he's going to do work. But we were talking about Grambling's Eddie Robinson. For those of you who don't know, because we do have listeners who really aren't familiar with the legacy of the SWAC and younger people who don't remember Eddie Robinson. So we wanted to make that clear to each and every one of you. So with that, now we bring in Life on Lock, our very own Life on Lock. She's going to uh, enlighten us on some entertainment slash sports stuff in a segment that we call Sports E. This week in Sports E. Sports E. Entertainment. The E is for entertainment. <laughs> Your day is going well and just got a little better now that you're listening to Sports E with Life on Lock. Recently, Calabria Haskins posted a beautiful tribute for her late husband and former Steelers quarterback, Dwayne Haskins. The tribute shared sentimental pictures and videos that the two shared just days before his tragic death. Now, for those that don't know, Haskins passed away in a tragic car accident on April 9th, and his family, friends, and fans continue to grieve the loss. Now, her post stated, Life without you brings so much pain. However, the family continues to celebrate his life as best they can, as the Haskins Family Foundation also paid tribute to the former NFL player by launching a new scholarship in his name on his actual birthday. The family also held a moment of silence for Haskins and asked everyone to reflect on the memories and smiles that Dwayne brought to their lives. Now, on a little bit of a lighter note, the Met Gala was this past Monday, and as you know, everyone's fashion was the talk of the town, including that of Odell Beckham, who had one of the most expensive outfits on at the occasion. Now, how is that possible, you may ask? Well, Beckham was rocking a $650,000 diamond chain that he picked up just before the big event. And y'all, this was not any kind of chain, okay? This chain was made up of 300 carats of round diamonds, 200 carats of emerald diamonds, and two and a half kilos of gold, okay? Talk about gilded glamour, which was actually the theme of this year's Met Gala. And Russell Westbrook, Dwayne Wade, Chloe Kim, and Venus Williams, and so many other athletes were also in attendance, so be sure to hop on Instagram or Google to check out what they wore. And speaking Speaking of money, Floyd Mayweather may be retired from professional boxing, but he'll never retire from making money. The undefeated boxer stated that he plans to make money well into his 90s, just like that of Warren Buffett, and stated that if Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and Jeff Bezos can continue to make monies in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, then surely he can, considering he's younger than all of them. Now, if there's one thing I know and love about Floyd Mayweather is that he is always for sure going to have confidence and he's going to have hustle. So I think as as long as he keeps those two things intact, I'm sure he'll achieve any money-making goal that he may have. And if you want to know how your other favorite athletes are living, then be sure to tune in next week on Sports E with Life on Lock. 
want to thank Life on Lock for that sports e segment. Going to now take one more time out and come back with our conversation with Reggie Brown, also the Lamont Award. And you also get a chance to hear from DJ Anarchy. This is the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Anyway, you get your podcast. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. And you definitely can check him out on SoundCloud and on Instagram and around the city of Houston as he does his thing to packed houses everywhere. I mean, and, and I'm telling you, these are cool events with very, very cool people. And maybe one day I'll be cool enough to be able to continually hang out. Or maybe my cool days have passed in regards to that. Well, if you have music you want played on the podcast, you can submit it to us by emailing us, music at wadeswordproductions.com. That's music at wadeswordproductions.com. The genre doesn't matter. All that matters is that uh, we'd like it to be radio edit, but any genre doesn't matter. We'll play a snippet at the halfway point and an entire track or an extended portion of a mix so if you too are a dj you can have your mix heard and people can be exposed to your groove right here and we look forward to getting the, that music we've had a, a like i said a great amount of music sent to us and great mixes nice uh, cross section of music from country to uh, Latin jazz to gospel. We've had a little bit of everything. So uh, feel free. If you are a fledgling artist or an artist that wants to get a, a little bit broader reach, reach out to us, music at wagewordproductions.com. We are about to talk to Reggie Brown. You know what he told me, and I talked to him a little bit earlier. And he waited to tell me this until after the interview. But his birthday is tomorrow. We're taping on May 4th. His birthday is Cinco de Mayo. So happy, happy birthday to our guy, Reggie Brown. And uh, hey, well wishes to you. Hopefully you have a tremendous birthday. Now, he told me that after our conversation, we had a conversation about the NFL draft, about the Miami Dolphins, some NBA stuff, and of course, some baseball and uh, a little bit more. So here is our conversation with Reggie. 
Back from the special teams unit, our guy Reggie Brown. And I have to tell you, Reg, I had an opportunity to catch up with the Miami Dolphins space on uh, Twitter. And that was my first time. You've invited me before, and you frequent the, the space. Boy, but I have to tell you, you guys were amazing. It was an eye-opening experience as I got a chance to be immersed in Miami Dolphins culture. I mean, you guys, I mean, everybody on there that I heard were really, really knowledgeable about the team. Talk a little bit about that because that was amazing. That, that sort of woke me up. Well, I think that Twitter has really done a good job with the spaces of bringing sports fans and, as you know, other areas of, of our society together where people are really, really passionate about, you know, whatever the topic is. And if you go into a space on Ukraine, you will find all the information that you need. People are studied. And it's the same way with the Dolphins. I mean, the fans are passionate and the people in the spaces, these aren't average fans. These are people who spend their day and night looking at the stats. And it's like that. I was just telling you the other day about San Francisco. Their space is the same. So it's a great place to be if you want to talk some football and learn some football as well. And I'm talking about the intricacies. You remember I told you a few weeks ago Ago that Miami was going to make a splash in the receiver room, and uh, that came from Twitter. You know, people are connected in there. You came through there as a reporter. Former Dolphins come through there. Former coaches come through there, and then the Miami Dolphin media stops through as well. So it's a huge deal. Yeah, I'm gonna have to start checking some of these out. I just had no idea that they were that deep about it i'm saying i anticipate some of that on the college level you know some of these the college fan bases are just immersed in that stuff but to hear you guys talk about it is uh i mean of course it makes me want to pay a lot more attention to the miami dolphins and i'm gonna be joining in just to listen had an opportunity to talk and and tell those guys about you because i don't know if if they know because it sounds like some of the guys were a little bit younger i don't know if they knew about that receiving core with the oilers and how good that team was but you know i gotta rep the oilers all the time for sure yeah well like i said let's talk about the miami dolphins the draft was sort of uh, icing on the cake if you ask me because you guys clearly the miami dolphins clearly had one of the better off seasons if not the best off season in the entire nfl when it comes to free agency talk a little bit about what you think about the miami dolphins draft well, you start out with the fact that the Dolphins only had four draft picks after giving up the majority of the draft picks this year for the Cheetah. So you, you sacrifice the draft picks for a great player like him. But then you look at the actual drafts and you see that we got a star player from Georgia, one of their linebackers in Tindall, who we needed a, a middle linebacker, a thumper, and he represents that. And then in the later rounds, we were just able to go best player available. And I think that's the approach that they took. And uh, we're really, really excited about the players that we got. Overall, I'd give it a B. There were some surprises. You know, we didn't go get an offensive lineman, which I think we still need. But other than that, I think it was a pretty solid draft for us. I want to ask you about your position. As a wide receiver, when you look at the money that these guys are getting and asking for, do you feel like, and I know Haywood says this all the time, but do you feel like you were born about 20 years too soon? Because the money that these receivers are getting is just amazing. You're talking about between 22 and $25 million a year. I mean, so what are your thoughts as a former wide receiver in the NFL? Well, I, I think about it from a former wide receiver in the NFL and then just as a former player, the amount of money that 
receivers are getting, offensive linemen, hell, kickers are getting. It's just astronomical to be able to play football. And so I don't begrudge them as much as I'm jealous of them. (laughs) I I, I wish that I had played in this. But I played in a a pretty good era of football, and I wouldn't change my experience for anybody else's except drop a few more coins on them. (laughs) No doubt about that. I want to ask you about the receivers in this draft I mean, so many of them went in the first round. Who stands out? What guy in this bunch do you point well, to and say, that's the coldest guy? That's the guy that's going to break out in this uh, this class? Well, for me, you had a tremendous amount of talent in the draft. I mean, you think about last year, you had Jamar Chase and Devontae Smith and Waddle that's in Miami now. And those were three really, really good guys who made an impact. And so the the receivers are just getting better and better. I personally like the kid from uh, Ohio State who went to the Jets who... Wilson. Uh, Yes, who just by side note, the Jets had a phenomenal draft, and I think they improved their team a great deal. But that guy can play. He can high point the ball. He's super fast. He runs great routes. He's dangerous when he gets the ball in his hand. So I would point to him as the guy that I expect to be a really, really solid football player, possibly all pro. I don't see a lot of Hall of Famers in this draft, but he's going to be really, really good. When you look at, as a former receiver in the NFL, what do you look at? What, what sort of things do you, what what measurables or tangibles and intangibles do you look at and you say, okay, that guy's got it and that guy maybe is a bit overrated. What do you look at? Well, I, I think it comes down to the most important thing about being a receiver is catching the football. Can you catch the football? And more importantly, uh, particularly in the NFL, can you make contested catches? Because, you know, in, in high school, you know, big-time receivers are going to be better than everybody else. And then you get to college and you're going to be still better than everybody else. But when you get to the NFL the DVs are serious and they're just as good. So the catches are going to have to be contested. And can you make the contested catch? And then secondly, your separation. Can you run a route that gives you some room to be able to not only make the catch, but be able to do something with it? And those are the kinds of guys that I look at and say, that guy can do it. Well, as a receiver, you faced a lot of DBs. It was a big DB draft early on with uh, Sauce Gardner going and, of course, Derek Stingley Jr. from LSU going to the Texans. What are your thoughts on on those two and and any other DBs that stood out? Well, I think that you look at the height of the DBs. Certainly, I played with Chris Dishman, who was a tall DB, but most DBs, you know, were 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", and now you're looking at DBs that are tall, rangy, and fast. And so that makes it tough for receivers. And really, I think that Sauce is going to be really, really good. And if Stingley can stay healthy, I think he's really the best one. It's just his health issues are going to be a question. Yeah, I know. They said if he would have come out in 2019, he would have been the best corner by far and maybe the number one player taken. But since then, only 10 games in two seasons. So let's hope that he can get healthy, at least for the Texans' sake. Anything else stand out about the draft? Obviously, you mentioned the Jets. Anything else, anybody else you you, uh, really circle and look at? I was kind of shocked by what New England did. You know, you you expect Bill Belichick to, in my mind at least, and and, and all of these things are just speculation, so we'll find out when, when the lights come on. But I thought that 
the New England draft was rather weak. I thought that Dallas the same way, and then, you know, Jerry Jones shows his card, and then you get a chance to see their projections, and I didn't think their projections were very, very good. But overall, with the draft, what you see in my mind is a lot of good football players, but I don't see any guys, you know, Hall of Famers in this draft. Now, certainly, there will be some. These guys will step up. They'll work out. They'll make a name for themselves. But just on the surface, it was just an average draft. It wasn't a great draft like drafts in previous years. Yeah, I think, again, the takeaway is the wide receivers being the stars of the show. No quarterbacks other than Pickett going in the first round. Um, what do you think of Malik Willis, though, who ended up going to Tennessee? What do you think of that? Well, in my mind, I think, you know, everybody wants to be a first-round draft pick. But I also think that for him, one, not going in the first round gives him a hunger to want to prove the drafters wrong. And I also think that he went to a good situation. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is a veteran quarterback, but I think that Tennessee believes that they need to upgrade at some point. And so sitting and watching and learning is a benefit for young players, even though all football players want to play. I think he's in a great situation where he can sit for a year, maybe two, learn the game, adjust to the speed of the game, get some NFL coaching. And I think that when he steps on the field, he'll be better prepared. Well, with that, I want to shift gears a little bit, ask you about the NBA playoffs. And they heated up in a big way last night, not only uh, with the intensity and the rhetoric, but the series between uh, the Memphis Grizzlies and Golden State tied at one now. Ja Morant exploded, but that wasn't the only storyline. Earlier in that game, Gary Payton III was knocked to to the ground by Dylan Brooks and uh, in what many call, including me, uh, a dirty play. And now he'll be out for the remainder. Uh, What are your thoughts on that series? Well, I think it's going to be a phenomenal series. Again, we talked about the Grizzlies earlier in in one of the shows. They're just a basketball team that plays together. They're very solid. They play good defense. They have Ja, who's a phenomenal scorer. And then you match them against Golden State, who is a similar team with a little bit more highlight reels in terms of the basketball court. But I just think it's going to be a great series. And I'm not sure if I thought that was a dirty play. I think you have the intensity of a playoff series, the start of the game. You're trying to make a play. You make a bad play. I don't think it was intentional, but you can't make that play. You just can't do it. And so while I don't think it was dirty, I don't. while I think it was a horrible play, I don't think his intentions was to hit him upside the head and break his arm. Yeah, well, and I, I sort of go back and forth on that. I know that when you're trailing a guy, you, you had no chance to make a play on the ball. And I don't look at that one play in a vacuum. I also look at Draymond getting ejected in game one, which he shouldn't have. But it seems like that, that intensity is there and that it's getting a lot more chippy in that game. Draymond caught an elbow. He needed stitches. So I don't know. It, it just seems like it's going to ramp up. Uh, how this uh, series is going to look. I really don't think that Memphis can handle it once they get drug into the deep waters of this series. But I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. It's going to be a very entertaining uh, series. But more than anything, John Morant, he's made a statement in the playoffs. What do they say in the regular season? You make your, your name. In the postseason, you make your fame. I mean, because he, he's doing work. What do you think? 
Well, I think, you know, I, I think he's made his name throughout his uh, brief young career. But your fame will be determined as you stay when you get in the playoffs. And he's making a statement that I'm that guy. And to do some of the things that he did last night was just amazing. And it was a fun game to watch. I mean, they went back and forth. Memphis took a lead. Golden State came back and took a lead. And, it, you know, it just went down. And I, I'm excited about watching the rest of the series. Well, on the opposite end, uh, maybe a superstar fading out in James Harden. What do you think about him and his just sort of him? He's seemingly falling all the way off. Obviously, Joel Embiid out the first couple of games of this series. Harden couldn't get it, uh, couldn't really get himself going in game one. They play game two later tonight. What are your thoughts on the James Harden situation? Is it done? Is he done? Well, I don't think he's done. I think that he'll always be able to score in spurts. I think the bigger issue with him is he can't carry a team. He's never been able to do it. He's had some pretty good teams when he was in Houston, didn't establish much in uh, New Jersey. And so in terms of playoff basketball, I just think he is who he is. And Father Time catch up with you, you know, and when you when you hanging out in Miami and you know, and, and, and doing all the things that he's done in his reputation. You know, when you hanging out in the club and all of those things, you know, basketball got to be important to you. And I think for him, when you've made probably over $200 million over your career, I'm not sure it's that important to him anymore. Well, I can tell you this, uh, in the words of B.B. King, the nightlife ain't no good life, but it's my life. And that's how James Harden lived his life. And maybe it's catching up with him late in his career. It seems like, I don't know, if maybe he's injured. I don't know what it is. He just doesn't have that burst. He doesn't have that go get it like he used to. And we'll have to see what happens. Final series I'll ask you about, Milwaukee-Boston. Tied up. What do you think? Who 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 do you like in that series? Ultimately, I like Boston. I I think it's going to go seven. You can't count out Janice, but when you have a team again, I'm huge on team basketball, and I think that ultimately the Celtics just has a better team all around, and then they have the score in Tatum and. You know, they, they just have too much, in my opinion. But it's not going to shock me if Milwaukee wins the series at all. Well, before we let you get out of here, I got I to gotta give you your credit. I begrudgingly give you your credit. Not that I, I want to give you your credit. I just don't like giving credit to the team you gave credit to in the New York Yankees. You said last time we talked to you, you said the Yankees, the, and I want to say this is the last thing you said. The Yankees are about to win 10, 11, 12 straight. And lo and behold, I don't know that they've lost since the last time we've had a conversation. I know they have Toronto coming up tonight. Uh, what do you think about the Yankees? I mean, they did it. First of all, because that's what they do. So they go on spurts like that. They're the Yankees. They're the winningest organization in all of sports. And so you expect them to win. They got off to a slow start. Um, their bats weren't, weren't coming around. There were some struggling pitchers. You get Cole over. Cole comes back over the last 10 days and pitched twice and has two phenomenal outings. And then Judge gets hot. Then Stanton gets hot. And you get solid pitching from the Yankees and Judge and Stanton get hot. They're going to be hard to beat. I would say this, man. Those series in the American League are intense. 
I mean, the Astros uh, had a series with Toronto, and of course, not the Yankees in the three-game series. But that that Toronto-Houston series was really like one run determined a couple of those games. It was just a level of wow. This is a you know intense sort of baseball for April now May. Um, so you know, like I said, it, it's a a great season. Also, final thought from you on Dusty Baker. Uh, reaching 2,000 wins as a manager, the first African-American manager to do that. Uh, what are your thoughts on that accomplishment for Dusty Baker? I'll tell you that the the wins are ultra-impressive. But what impresses me most about him is when he breaks the record, when he gets that number, to hear his players talk about him as a leader of men. And... You know, when you when you care about your players the way that he does, uh, when you step outside of just being a coach and become a father figure, that says something to players and then players play for you and they want you as a coach to be successful. So it's not surprising that he has surpassed 2000 wins and has done as well as he has because he genuinely cares about his players and they play hard for him. Well, hey, with that, how can folks reach you on social media? I'm all over the place, man. You can meet me at Dr. Reginald Brown on Twitter, Downtown Reggie Brown on Facebook, and um, anywhere else it's the same, Dr. Reginald Brown, all over the place. But if you really want to find me, follow Devin Wade, and I'll be somewhere close to (laughs) him. Hey, man, we appreciate you as always. Any more predictions? Since you got the last one right, what's your grand prediction on your way out the door this time? Uh, the Yankees going to win probably 110 games this year. Okay. We got to wait on that to see if that comes to fruition. It's going to be tough. Things are going to tighten up in that American League. A lot of competition. I think the Major League Baseball is, is really leaning heavy uh, with talent in the American League. So, hey, man, we certainly appreciate you as always, and we look forward to talking to you soon. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Doc. You know you're the best, and uh, we'll see you next time. To have your comment heard, call 832-941-6614. want to thank Reggie for joining us as always. Always an interesting conversation with him. But with that, it's time for the Lamont Award. I don't want to wish you no bad luck, but I hope your ship sinks. With no lifeboats and no life preservers and a school of piranhas surrounding you, you big The Lamont Award goes to the player, team, entity, someone in or around the world of sports we deem to be the big dummy of the episode. Well, a couple of weeks ago, this happened, and you may have heard about it, and you may not have caught the details. Maybe you haven't heard about it at all. But you know how teams uh, have planes fly over and sometimes parachutists parachute into the stadium? And it's always just amazing that they can do this from thousands of feet in the air and end up at the 50 yard line or in the right in center field or whatever well this happened but it happened at the wrong place at the wrong time without the right people knowing about it now check this out from a washington post article quote the plane jumped by four u.s army parachutists into nationals park on wednesday evening was supposed to be a fun spectacle for baseball fans on a beautiful spring night at the stadium Instead, it turned into a fearful fiasco a mile away for staff and visitors at the U.S. Capitol as they received an order to evacuate the complex immediately because an unidentified plane had been detected circling above. 
A day later, the authorities were still trying to figure out how and why the U.S. Capitol Police didn't know that the Army plane would be in restricted airspace near the Capitol. No leader or agency took responsibility for the potentially dangerous error which caused people to flee the Capitol's offices and public spaces a little bit after 6.30 p.m., end quote. So what you have here is a wonderful night at the ballpark where the Washington Nationals, who I still resent for beating the Astros in the World Series, they decided that they were going to have parachutists from the U.S. Army, not from Joe's parachutists, from the U.S. Army, make a jump into the stadium in front of thousands of fans. And yet they forgot to notify folks at the Capitol because, you know, there's a no-fly zone over Washington. You have to have permission to get anywhere near uh, some of those areas in the Washington, D.C. area, and everybody knows that. And I would imagine everybody who planned this knew this. And maybe they forgot to call. Maybe they called and talked to, to Studebaker, and he forgot to relate a message or the memo, or maybe they sent a fax, and they didn't realize that the folks at the U.S. Capitol Police Department didn't have a fax machine. I don't know what happened, but you terrified people. And I can only imagine in this heightened environment with the war in Europe, and the MAGA boys doing their thing, and they just got through storming the Capitol and trying to overthrow the government January the 6th. With all of that happening, you have to pay attention to every little thing. Security cannot be taken for granted. And the fact that this organization, the Washington Nationals, and the U.S. Army Parachutists, and the U.S. Capitol Police couldn't get on the same page is so D.C. But for all involved, you all are. Big dummies. You big dummy. <laughs> now, it's a punchline to us, but can you imagine being in the Capitol and having to evacuate and you running for your life? I mean, you just saw January 6th. You know that there's war in Russia or in well in Ukraine. The Russians have invaded Ukraine. So you know that's going on and, and hacks and, and tension all over the world. And now you have to run to evacuate. Man, this was typical D.C. bureaucracy gone amok. And again, I don't want to be another one of the ones beating up on the government, but this was just plain stupid. And again, for all of those involved, you all are big dummies. But with that, before I let go, before I let go, before I let go, hey, want to thank uh, my man Reggie Brown. Want to thank Life on Lock. Want to thank our sponsors, Brighter Brains and Cobank Homes. Want to thank DJ Anarchy. Want to thank all of you guys. Want to remind you, hey, hit me up on the sports line, 832-941-6614. Let me know what you think about the briefcast idea and what you think about uh, what's going on in the world of sports. I want your take. I want your feedback on any of that and all of that. Of course, you can always join the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group on Facebook and you can like the fan page. You can also follow me on Twitter at Wade's Word. But if you can't remember anything else, please remember these four things. Number one, I don't do no favors after six o'clock in the evening. Two, I ain't got no money. Three, I'm not harboring any fugitives from justice. And four, bye. <laughs> this has been the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Remember, you can follow him on Twitter at Wade's Word. Thank you for listening.